Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, excited to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And if you would have told me six months ago that I would be having a conversation with someone from the Department of Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering at UNL about hand sanitizer, I'd have said you're crazy. <laughs> but life has uh, led us all to kind of different avenues here. And, and I'm actually incredibly captivated by the story um, that it, we're going to share today. And I'm grateful uh, to Dr. Hunter Floodman for the opportunity to, to kind of some insight into what transpired in leading his work to get to a place where he's now heavily invested in creating a lot of the hand sanitizers being distributed statewide here in Nebraska. So with all that being said here on the front end, Dr. Floodman, welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Great to be here. And I'm excited to tell a little bit about the story of of how we started making hand sanitizer at UNL with the help of, of a lot of other people. Well, cool. And if, uh, if you would, for people that don't know you or your story, can you kind of tell us a little bit about your background and yeah, kind of set up your role in this story? Uh, absolutely. So I grew up near Columbus, Nebraska, and my mom was a teacher. My wife's a teacher. I guess I am a teacher as well. And so I have a, a lot of respect for the state's educational programs, and I think they do a great job. And when we started producing hand sanitizer around the beginning of April, uh, we always had the intention that, that when the summer came, we were hoping that we would be able to still be in operation and have the resources to, to help out schools and, and hopefully help to get kids back in school and, and learning. And I know you guys are playing a major, major role in that. And that's something that, you know, I was kind of looking at the timeline for you guys' work. And I know around March 12th or the 13th is when most schools were closing down. Uh, and as you said there, your story starts really on April 1st, which that is a pretty quick, it certainly started before then. <laughs> but, but this story in particular, as I understand at least, right around the 1st of April, yeah, it took off. And so can you kind of say, what was going on in those two weeks, I guess, between uh, when things started to shut down uh, and then what that kind of transpired into shifting your work to this initiative? Yeah, um, well, for me personally, I was, I was teaching chemical engineering courses at the University of Nebraska. And my role there is just to uh, teach classes. I don't have any research uh, component to my appointment. And so I primarily teach uh, junior and senior level classes and of course, when COVID-19 hit, we decided to go to remote learning about a week before spring break. And about that time during that week is when I was contacted by the chairman of the Nebraska Ethanol Board, Jan Tenbensel, who put me on in a conference call uh, along with BASF. And he did that because I'm, I'm also on the Nebraska Ethanol Board. And BASF was wanting to send uh, ingredients to Nebraska to make hand sanitizer. And as the Nebraska Ethanol Board, kind of that's part of our job is to help facilitate things like that. And, and for those of you who don't know, ethanol is the key active ingredient in hand sanitizer. It's what actually kills the virus. And so there was a vast shortage of high purity alcohol or ethanol to make hand sanitizer. So the FDA started to uh, look at alternatives and loosen regulations a little bit about who could make hand sanitizer and how it could be made. And so this is kind of how it was brought about. And on that conference call with BASF, um, of course, wanting to help uh, with the situation to do whatever we could, we started contacting the state of Nebraska, who at the time was, was making hand sanitizer through the prison system. 
And we also contacted some ethanol plants that we thought had made some hand sanitizer. And we had discovered that, that they were producing hand sanitizer, but in relatively small quantities. Since nobody was making it on a large scale, we thought, well, maybe we could do it uh, with the help of the university. And so we approached the university through some connections, through the Board of Regents, as well as through the College of Engineering, as well as through uh, the Institute of Ag and Natural Resources through the Food Processing Center. And through that conversation, we were able to form a partnership and a plan, and the university was very supportive uh, if we could use the resources that the state had to help the community, to help the state, and to help you know, possibly even people across the nation that we were able to get the support of the university. And that was really, really important for us because the project would have never happened without that support. It's incredible how quickly all those agencies kind of came together in uh, collaboration. You're talking about being in a remote learning setting as an educator. And I think that a lot of the people listening to this podcast probably know exactly <laughs> the demands of that time and the stress that kind of came with that. And so to think that while you're still operating in that space and capacity within the university, that you also have this other major initiative on your plate, just really impressive. And, and so once those pieces to get the ethanol kind of came together, if I understand the story right, then there was also some, some issues with some of the other components, right? Is that kind of where? Yeah. So uh, things happened really, really quickly. Yeah. And uh, we had got FDA approval uh, to produce hand sanitizer. We had procured the raw materials that we needed to make hand sanitizer, but we needed a production facility. And, and thankfully, the Food Processing Center on Nebraska Innovation Campus stepped up and gave us a location to do that. And with the support of university operations, we, we basically built a plant that was half inside, half in the parking lot, and we did it over about a two-day period. And we were ready to go. Uh, we had everything bought. The state of Nebraska, uh, which were really great to work with, had bought additional ingredients for us that we needed to make the hand sanitizer, including glycerin and hydrogen peroxide. BASF has, has donated the bittering agent that's used to denature the alcohol so you can't drink uh, the hand sanitizer. And so we had that available. And of course, Green Plains in York and Kappa Ethanol in Ravenna had uh, donated the ethanol that we needed. And so we, we thought we had everything. I think it was a Friday, which I believe was April uh, 3rd, that we thought that our hydrogen peroxide and glycerin were supposed to arrive. And we'd learned that afternoon that our shipments were delayed several weeks and that we wouldn't be able to start. And of course, we were very disappointed because we had we'd spent extra money to build the plant. We had everything ready to go. And so we, we made phone calls to our contacts, both through the university, through the Nebraska Ethanol Board, and just from our past projects, asking if, if anybody had the hydrogen peroxide that we needed or the glycerin that we needed or could get it. And one of the people we called was actually my old boss. I used to work for Cargill in Blair, Nebraska. And he was very willing. He's always very willing to help. His name is Jay Frazier. And so Jay said, well, Hunter, let me, let me see what we can do. And, you know, it was one of those situations where Jay really took the initiative. He helped us out. He didn't know what would happen. He was a little bit worried that, you know, they had some travel restrictions at the time that he was kind of on, on the border of maybe violating and it turned out, though, that he was able to borrow his friend's pickup truck, drive to the Cargill facility down in Kansas City with a very large tote, 240-gallon tote of glycerin, brought that back for us. 
And uh, luckily he didn't get in trouble for that, but I think the CEO of the company actually praised him for his efforts to help with the situation, to help with the virus. So it, it actually ended up being something that really helped us and something that, you know, Cargill throughout this whole process now to, to where we're at now has been one of our main partners. And it all started kind of with that emergency last minute run down to Kansas City that he made for us and has continued on to this point. Yeah, the hydrogen peroxide was very, very difficult to get a hold of. To make that long story short, we found there was hydrogen peroxide in a warehouse. My friend Jan, who's the chairman of the ethanol board, Jan Tenbensel, can be very persuasive at times. And uh, he basically sweet-talked his way into getting a special delivery of hydrogen peroxide so, so that we could kind of start production on Sunday, and, and that's what we did. This is just remarkable. And this is what just drew me even to this story. And I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it to say that it it feels a little bit almost like something that you just drop the plans in the dirt, (laughs) where it's like, you know, the we, we try to go through the not that any of this was protocol, but at least you would expect that you would order supplies and those supplies would come in and that's how things tend to work. But, but you guys are, are leaning on relationships and sending trucks down across state lines of Kansas City and, and doing what you can to, to and it said in the article that I read about this, that uh, Jan uses persuasive prowess is the, <laughs> was the quote. So I like that you, you said that there too. We're pulling strings and calling in favors uh, and gonna build a facility half inside, half in the parking lot, whatever it takes. Uh, and I think that's what's um, just so incredible about this and admirable. And, and I would echo that CEO's praise and just saying that, wow, how impressive for you guys to just get it done. You know, just to really say by any means necessary, we're going to make sure that this is something that goes through and gets to the next step as, as quickly as possible. And turnaround time of about 72 hours, from, right? <laughs> if I understand it from when you're really conceptualizing, getting started building this facility to when you had all the supplies on site um, and starting to get into production. Yeah, that's correct. And, and again, I have to really thank the, the university operations and the university administration from the College of Engineering and the Institute of Ag and Natural Resources and Office of Research and Economic Development. Uh, we had an unbelievable amount of support that something like this would happen uh, this fast. You know, we could have never done it on our own without help from private industry, without donations from private industry without support from the state of Nebraska, without support from the university. And, you know, it's, it's a time of need. And when you're in Nebraska and there's a time of need, you know that people are going to step up and help you. And, you know, we're trying to return that favor by, by trying to help people by giving away the hand sanitizer for free and, and trying to get it to where it's needed. That's, that's what's really been amazing about the whole project. And, you know, it's been it's been incredible to be a part of it, but at the same time, we know that there's a lot of people out there struggling and it's a difficult time, you know, for our state, for our country. And, you know, we're, we're doing what we can to help. And, and I think that's what you, that's what all of us, I hope, have at the forefront of our hearts and minds right now is to say that in the midst of a difficult time, <laughs> when we know that there are needs out there that whatever capacity or whatever uh, resources you have available to you, that you're able to contribute for the greater good and the betterment of, as you said, all of Nebraskans. Um, and that, that is the culture in many ways of this state and the people within it. And that's uh, really just a phenomenal piece. And, and I, I was going to ask about this too, because I'm kind of getting back to this. It's my understanding that in the first 24 hours, you guys turned out over a thousand gallons of sanitizer in that first day. Well, that was, that was one afternoon. That was Sunday oh. afternoon during, <laughs> during our trial run. Um, Gosh, never done this before, but here we yeah. go. Thousand gallons. We're getting we, after it. 
Yeah, when we were trying to figure out what to do, and you know, we had uh, we had all the ingredients Sunday morning. We came in Sunday morning, tried to get everything prepped, everything ready. We didn't actually start production until Sunday afternoon. And at that point, between Sunday at about one o'clock and about five o'clock, we cranked out about 1,200 gallons. And at that point, you know, we knew that we had the potential to make a big impact and and to try to keep this going. And that's and it's continued to go much, probably much longer than than what a lot of people thought it would. And that's what I was going to ask. If you could, how how many gallons have you approximately turned out during the course of April to? I mean, we sit here now, you know, the start of July, and maybe speak a little bit too to where some of those have gone. We're going to focus in this podcast on you know how education in a K twelve capacity has benefited from this, um, but just to kind of set the stage for the impact that you guys are having across all fields and fronts. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I'd like to say that the vast majority of the ethanol, the active ingredient, the hand sanitizer that we've gotten has has come from Green Plains, which is a Nebraska-based corporation. And they have donated free of charge about 98% of what we've used. And they've done it to help the state and help our communities. And they've they've really gotten nothing back from it. So I want to make sure that I give them a lot of credit. Because again, uh, without, without having that available, I mean, with our budget that we're operating in, we can't afford to make 1,000 gallons of hand sanitizer. And at this point, as of now, we've made 150,000 gallons. Um, and, and they've given us enough ethanol to make, or allotted us enough ethanol that, that we're going to make probably close to 200,000 by the end of July, which is a tremendous amount. Of That's incredible. And it's a tremendous donation from a lot of, from a lot of companies, especially Green Plains, but also BASF has donated, continued to donate ingredients and containers. Philip 66 has donated all the containers that we've sent to the to the ESUs that go to the schools. Cargill has donated all of the glycerin and continues to, to help us donate larger containers too that we use to make uh, the product in. And so we made 150,000 gallons with the help of all these people. And we've been able to give it away to uh, critical businesses, healthcare providers, hospitals, dentist office. We've supplied USDA meat inspection offices across the entire nation. And I know I'm going to miss a lot with the distribution, but we've distributed to uh, all the local health departments in the state of Nebraska through the National Guard, through the state, to the prison system, uh, which we kind of took over. They quit making it once we started making it. Uh, we, we continue to supply uh, all of those places as they need it. And we do have a website that people can go on and request hand sanitizer and, and pick it up from us. And if it's if it's a large order if it's, or if it's something special like what we're doing for the schools, we can also deliver it. And that website is handsanitizer.unl.edu. Well, terrific. Thanks for uh, sharing that portion of the story. And, and I know that we're going to make this kind of a two-half episode here where we're going to talk a little bit in a moment with Craig Peterson from our ESUCC with, with regards to uh, kind of the distribution aspect. Because uh, as I understand it, education uh, from you guys received about 60,000 uh, gallons from uh, the 200,000 that you guys have made. So about a third of those really go into our K-12 students and, and the, the staff that's there to support them. And uh, the getting that to all of the different schools across uh, our state is, is an initiative in and of itself. Um, and so from your perspective, how did that collaboration begin, and particularly with our ESUs and starting to really make sure that the, this hand sanitizer got to our schools across Nebraska? 
Absolutely, that's a great question. And I think it's actually gonna be closer, by the time we get all said and done, uh, it's gonna be actually closer to 75,000 gallons than 60,000 gallons. Terrific. We've had, we've had a little bit of additional requests and we're in the position where we should be able to honor those requests. So hopefully, you know, we can, we can get the schools what they need, close to 75,000 gallons. The story of distribution is a story of its, of its own. And this happened, uh, it probably all started about our third or fourth week of production. We had, the way we get our ethanol from Green Plains plant in York, Nebraska, changed at that point from getting it in basically 200 or 300 gallon uh, containers to getting it in tanker trucks. And so we had to find a tanker truck that we could use to make the hand sanitizer in. And we were scrambling at that point. We were working through the state, through the National Guard, trying to find a suitable tanker truck and a driver really that could drive the tanker truck in order to keep our operation going. And I had a conversation. I called up the director of Nebraska Innovation Campus, who was Dan Duncan. And I asked Dan, I said, Dan, we are really having a hard time finding a tanker truck. Do you have any ideas that you could help us? And in his former position, he was over a part of the university that included the Nebraska Forest Service. And he had known that the Nebraska Forest Service gets a lot of surplus army equipment, including tanker trucks that they repurpose for firefighting across the state and they sell to local fire departments across the state. So he put me in contact with a gentleman by the name of Lewis Siever in Mead at the Nebraska Forest Service. And Lou is one of these guys who just will never say no. He's always willing to help out. And he really stepped up to the plate. He got us a tanker truck. After we got the tanker truck, he said that he had other semi trucks that he'd be willing to make any deliveries that we needed and uh, started out as using his tanker truck. And then now, uh, especially with distributing through the ESUs, Lou has driven across the entire state multiple times now and has made very large deliveries, uh, semi-truck after semi-truck, of dropping material off at the ESUs so the ESUs can then distribute it to uh, the K-12 schools. From the start, we had always thought that if schools were going to be back in session, that is definitely one of our top priorities, what we consider one of the most essential things to help supply in the state and something we always wanted to do. And so my colleague, Jan Tenbensel, contacted Craig Peterson, ESUCC, and really that's how the conversation got started seriously with how could we get hand sanitizers to the ESUs who we thought were the best equipped to distribute it to all the schools and the best communication network that was in place to really talk to all those K through 12 schools. All right, we're going to now briefly cut away to an interview I did with Craig Peterson, Cooperative Purchasing Director for the ESUCC, regarding his role in the distribution of the hand sanitizer to our schools across the state. Craig has been working for our ESUs for over 24 years now, and as the co-ops director, Craig spends his time looking for opportunities to make bulk purchases with items ranging from technology buys to materials such as, well, such as hand sanitizer. The cooperative purchasing done by our ESU statewide saved districts a substantial amount. In the 2018-2019 year alone, the ESUCC co-op saved Nebraska schools upwards of $5 million through this program. And so, as you heard from Dr. Floodman, Craig was the point person for distributing 75,000 gallons of hand sanitizer to all our Nebraska schools. 
All right, so to dive into part two of today's episode, um, we're going to look a little bit at the role that the ESUCC for Nebraska uh, has played uh, in the distribution portion. And so as you heard in part one, we're talking about 75,000 gallons of hand sanitizer, and that's a lot of hand sanitizer. So we got to find a way to get that to these schools, which is an effort in and of itself. And it's certainly one that Craig Peterson has been very much involved with. Uh, Craig, uh, can you talk a little bit about how you guys got involved in the conversation as it pertained to schools and hand sanitizer for the fall? Just to front load a little bit from the previous conversation, I know that there were a lot of individual schools that, that had been reaching out to Hunter and, and the people affiliated with that initiative. And what they found was just better to collaborate with you guys and, and kind of talk to that sure. a little bit from your end. Yeah, really. I, I received a text from our executive director, Craig Lofquist, to say, you know, call this guy, Jan Tenbensel. And so I called Jan on his cell phone and started to have that conversation of what they were looking at doing. They were trying to figure out how to allocate and distribute hand sanitizer statewide to schools. And through conversations, I assume he had been recommended to reach out to either ESUCC or one of the ESUs. And that's kind of how I got involved. Gave Jan a call on May 26th, really just started running with it that week. Started putting information together in a spreadsheet for uh, service units. And it became an ESUCC board project, essentially, based on the needs of COVID-19. And so we started collecting numbers for both public and private and tried to distribute uh, statewide. How do we get clear out to Scott's Bluff and, and get the, both the public and the private school districts and serve both of them? And so we had those conversations with our board, the ESUCC board, which are the administrators at each service unit. And then we started collecting the data, you know, how many gallons, how do we calculate this? And we come up with recommendations that one gallon for every 10 student staff members. And so through the board, we were able to collect for each service unit area. And then the idea was to deliver that hand sanitizer to a warehouse at that service unit, to a parking lot, or to maybe a local school district. And then just started planning. Initially, there were some needs for summer school, talk of weight rooms opening, what are we going to do for hand sanitizer and stuff. And really, we had an immediate need, so we decided to go forth with an early delivery of a lesser quantity, and then that allowed UNL to manufacture larger quantities for later on for this fall. We're currently in that process now of delivering the fall needs. It's remarkable, and I've seen videos online, too, of some of these trucks that pull up with you know, 6,000 gallons, <laughs> or whatever the case may be, of, of hand sanitizer. And uh, like you're talking about, to think that you're, there has to be some place that that goes to. And is that at the, you know, at the ESU, uh, that regionally there, or is it something that goes to the individual buildings and orchestrating the planning that goes into all of that? It's just got to be tremendous. And uh, something that you and I have spoken about, and I know we're, we're, it's kind of approximate, right? But hand sanitizer is kind of expensive. If you just go to the store and try to track that down, uh, that stuff ends up being about 25 to $30 per gallon. And so when you're talking about 75000 I mean, we're saving what? 75000 would be about $2.2 million. You know, that's, that's all said and done. We That's what we hear that through UNL would be dispersed. I think right now we're we're around 40 to 60,000 gallons delivered. 
So anywhere from $1.7 million to $2.2 million in savings at the current market price. Now, that, that was recent. Early on, there was a shortage of hand sanitizer, and they were seeing upwards of $100 a gallon. So we're calculating the savings at a lower cost than $100 a gallon. And now to close the podcast, let's go back to my interview with Dr. Hunter Floodman. It has just been remarkable to see, to see those go out to schools, to see this need be met, to understand too that the shift in most school, just individual buildings and, and across the district, obviously when you have multiple, but there's a financial burden that being able to reopen is going to <laughs> lay on these districts in order to make sure that our schools can be as safe as possible, right? And so I not only appreciate this act that you guys are doing on behalf of schools and, and, and being generous and doing this for the health and well-being of everybody, but I, I look too at the added benefit that by being able to get this hand sanitizer for free from you guys, it's allowing them to then to invest those resources into other things that I think are just going to make that school experience, uh, again, all the safer for our kiddos as they return back in the fall. And that that's just incredibly meaningful. And the ripple effects of that are, are beyond what we can probably even encapsulate on a podcast or wrap our minds around. But uh, I think is just uh, admirable, grateful for it. And thank you. I'm going to just say this on behalf of all the educators that I have any right to speak for <laughs> across Nebraska, which is not many, much more myself. But thank you uh, for everything that you're doing with this, because it, it really means a ton. And uh, I say this, too, as a parent of a six year old and a nine year old, that'll be in those those buildings, too, that, yeah, just get choked up even talking about it. But it's, it's important that we're really at the end of the day doing what we can to take care of them and, and make sure that they can learn and have that social peace and be safe at the same time. Well, I know, Andrew, and, and as a fellow educator myself, I know how much planning has to go into getting everything ready and how much adjustment it's going to take. And I know hand sanitizer is only a very small part of that. And if we could help make sure that schools have that secured and maybe save a little money at the same time, even though it's a small part of of helping the kids get back to school safe. It's something that we're you know, really happy that we can be a part of. Well, thank you so much again for, for your time and sharing your story today and for all your uh, efforts related to this initiative. And uh, yeah, just truly, truly grateful. Well, thanks, Andrew. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah.